I mean, every, 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 everybody hates their voice. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I think I, I'm better with it now. Uh, but it's taken a while. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm, I don't know. Like, like, before, I just couldn't stand to hear myself talk. <laughs> I think that's like, do you uh, record yourself on your phone when you're listening to your comedy? No, man, I never do that. Honestly, no, you never yeah, do. Never. You just go on stage. You're like, you know what? This is gonna be funny. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I know what I've done before. I know what linked <laughs> people, like what made people laugh. I can remember. I've got a good memory. I don't know. I know what pop. I write notes down after I do my sets. So that's one thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> good. All right. I don't know. You, you uh, judging my? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't judge. I never judge. See, because the thing is, if I judge you, I have to judge myself, and I don't want to do that yet. Yeah, no, it's rough. <laughs> Start to look yourself in the mirror. <laughs> that's a, that's hard to down. do. That's hard to do every day. Just wake up. It's like you're a hack. <laughs> <laughs> can't even look yourself in the, in the like eyes. You're making, you're making like hacky jokes, but you can't look at yourself while you're doing it. Like that's that's my that's me right there. Yeah, it's Ugh. stupid. Now, what do you think when you listen to yourself? Like again. Okay, when I first started doing podcasts, I was like, "This guy sounds like an idiot. He he has no idea what he's talking about. He has he doesn't know how to speak and stuff like that." Now that I've been doing it a little bit longer, I'm more self aware of how I sound, and like I've been trying to to get more verbal and uh, use bigger words, like my vernacular and stuff like that. Yeah, so like viscosity, viscosity. Oh yeah, viscosity <laughs> is a great word. I don't know. I, was, I don't know why that word was the first one popped in my mind, but oh, whatever. Yeah. Viscosity. <laughs> go with it yeah i don't know very viscous are you a viscous man uh, this sounds like oozy <laughs> you, you're a viscous <laughs> gentleman sir i'll have no part of you <laughs> I sometimes know. i judge people on their viscosity so it's been a minute dog it's been a minute it's this. been a minute since i last saw you it's crazy. I don't know. This is uh, we're starting the podcast right now. It's your boy Joe Esquivel, and uh, my guest for tonight is uh, Jay Marassi. He's a yes, stand-up indeed. comic from Houston. He's been doing it a while. How many? How, how long have you been doing it? It's been three years now. God damn! So we didn't start at the same time. I've been doing it almost four years now. So it's almost close to the four years. Yeah, because I, I remember you when I first started. Yeah. Like, uh, when you first started comedy, like, what got you into it? Uh, my friend uh, got me into it. He's the one that actually said that I should go up because I was acting at first. And, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, you should try doing stand-up comedy. You, you know my friend. It's Chris at Dan Electros. Wait, you knew him before comedy? Yeah, he worked at a bar with my sister and stuff. And uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I met your sister, too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Chris yeah. is cool, too. I, yeah, Chris I like is all right. Yeah. Mm. He has uh, he has that open mic now at uh, Tuesdays at Dan Electro's. Mm-hmm. He started that during the quarantine, right? Uh, yeah, right after the quarantine, we like all started out because me and him were talking about like getting something going on there. But like before quarantine, it really wasn't possible. They had all the uh, uh, they do, do all those punk shows and stuff like that there, and they was like booked all the states time generally. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave us the opportunity to do it. So now that you guys have been like running the the open mic there, like how do you how do you feel about it? You feel like better in your comedy? Like you're, I know you've been hosting there too. Has that made you better on stage? Ah, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel better about like my writing right now. I feel good about it. 
But um, in my hosting, I just feel like I'm starting to get more comfortable on stage all the time. Um, I don't know. It was weird coming out after quarantine, man. Oh, really? You're gay? <laughs> yeah, no. I should have came out beforehand. <laughs> I just wasted 30 years of my life. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I know. It, it, it did feel weird going out and doing the mics because, like, COVID was a huge problem. Like, did you ever get COVID? No, I didn't get COVID. Well, I didn't officially get COVID. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But, no, I think I had COVID when I was in Wisconsin. Um, uh, was it during the, when the pandemic started? No, it was, like, over the summertime, like, after the initial quarantine. I was working up there as a caddy. And uh, what's it called? Yeah, it was a week I had off because my dad was coming to visit. Uh-huh. And, like, during, like, the beginning of the, his visit, I think I was sick. Uh, I had headaches. And I did start to lose my, like, I, I started to lose my senses a little bit of uh, smell and taste. And uh, Well, I think that's just the food in Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, that would be easy to say because they don't season nothing up there. But If anybody from Wisconsin is losing, I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> it's I lived my my roommate and who I caddy with. He's a chef when he's in Houston, so like you know, he was cooking some really good food, and I couldn't I couldn't taste or smell it as like it was it was very hard to taste or smell. I did taste it though. How long were you in Wisconsin? Uh, I was there for I, I'm when I go up there is for the summertime. I, I'm there from like June, like May to October. Like I'd still be up here there if I went this year. Yeah. Okay. Do you like it over there? Is it a cool spot? Yeah, Milwaukee's a pretty cool spot. I stay up in Sheboygan up there, and that's uh, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. They uh, a lot of drunken golf being played. This is pretty dope. Doing the caddy thing, <laughs> drunken golf. Yeah, man. I, I think the best time to golf is when you're drunk. Yeah, the, that was what I learned the first year. I was like, I need to become the best drunk golfer ever. I'd like because I was getting my ass kicked. They're taking my money because I was getting wasted on the golf course. And yeah. it's like you're not going to not get wasted. They're wasted, too. I had no excuse. <laughs> so when it comes up to you, it's like, what's your handicap? Sobriety. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I've never golfed before. I So I used to live in a an apartment complex where they had a golf course right behind it in Sharpstown. Yeah, that go, I go play Sharpstown all the time. Yeah, like I, I used to watch people play all the time, but it was mostly like older older business people and it seemed like they were playing for the first time because they used to miss a lot there's a lot of people that go up there still miss a lot <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes Most, i would i would be outside like sitting in the, my patio my dad's patio and i would just hear a four and then boom like a golf ball would hit my window just like what the hell most golfers really suck at golf <laughs> really yeah <laughs> I think I suck at golf, but then I look at my like what I'm shooting for and what other people are shooting for. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty damn good at this game. <laughs> oh, you're better than most, then. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I'm better than most, and I just got to clean some stuff up, and I can be a pretty good golfer. I don't know. When did like, you start playing golf? Oh, uh, when I was young. It was like I was seven years old. Oh, okay. You started very young. Yeah, but I stopped playing when I was 13. When I moved to Texas, uh, I didn't play almost at all. But like 13 was when I first stopped playing, and then I started playing back again in college. Okay, yeah. so uh, what attracted you to golf? Oh, my dad has been teaching me for a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm good. At, like, he taught me to be pretty good at it, and uh, he's a golf instructor. Ah, yeah. it's in the family. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to be my son, you're going to have to play golf. <laughs> not, not originally. He was like, because he wasn't a golf instructor back then. <laughs> oh, really? Nah. He, oh, he, he just loved one. the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My dad, uh, he loves soccer. So I used to play a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm Are you better team. than most at soccer? I was on the soccer team when I was in high school. But then I got kicked out because of grades. Grades. I was a bad kid. <laughs> I used to skip class all the time and just get in trouble. So I, uh, And also, I wouldn't want to shave. That was the biggest thing back. Nowadays, in high school, you don't have to shave. You can wear earrings. You can wear piercings or whatever. Back when I was going to school, none of that. You had to shave all the time. No piercings, no earrings, no tattoos. It was, like, it was crazy. Things changed so much in like a couple years. I guess I don't didn't know that, you know. I guess I'm just not hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers with beards and stuff like that. Or am I, Joe? <laughs> I mean, you never know. Uh, well, I mean, like, my brother was a couple years under me from school. Okay. So, like, when whenever I got out of school, that's when they stopped implementing all those, like, rules and stuff. So I got kind of pissed. I was like, damn, they, they made me, they gave me those, like, shitty razors every morning. We used to yeah, I remember be in those. a single file line. They used to look at our faces like, even if you had a little bit of stubble, they would give you a dollop of shaving cream and that mm-hmm. shitty razor and take you to the bathroom and you have to shave. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, that was annoying, but like, you know, I'm not a particularly hairy guy, I guess, uh, <laughs> Joe. It might have been, you might have gotten like Wolfman or whatever when you were doing <laughs> I had a beard when I was like 13. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't full, but I, I, I had something. I don't know. It was crazy. Mm. Like, there were other kids like that too. Okay. I don't know. Like, uh, how were you in high school? Did you get in trouble? I uh, didn't like going to high school very much. I uh, got high a lot. And, hey, me too. Uh, yeah, it was dope. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, yeah, it was weird moving to Texas, like, in the middle of high school. Right? Is it not in? Uh, Can not you not it hear was, me? There was some interference. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was weird moving to Texas, like, in the middle of high school. Uh so you weren't you're not originally from Houston? No, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yeah. Ohio. Okay. Were you there when LeBron was there? I was. But like <laughs> actually when it's weird enough like when I except for like his rookie season and stuff like that when I was living here in Texas and like, you know, going to high school, um like my presence in Cleveland is basically the same presence. Like I leave when LeBron leaves and I go and I come back when LeBron comes back. Uh, I haven't been back to Cleveland since uh, LeBron's been to Lakers. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been either, huh? Nah, it's like, you know, he, he messaged you on Twitter. He was like, where you at, bro? I'm going with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crazy time. Like, uh, how was it living in Cleveland when LeBron was there? I'm pretty sure it was amazing, right? Well, it was pretty wild when I, when I was going to college. Uh, I went to that that game where he hit the buzzer beater shot over Orlando, we ended up losing that series, but uh, that was pretty ridiculous. Like, my friend was, we were in the top nosebleed seats. It was a playoff game, and he had, like, season tickets. And uh, he was, like, telling, he's like, ah, oh, man, let's get out of here. Because we were down, like, we were down two points. There was, like, I don't know, like, one second left, maybe less. It was kind of, it was like one of those inbound passes. He just has to put up the shot really quick. Were you like on your way out when he did it? I went, I was like, dude, let's just stay and wait and see if what happens. <laughs> <laughs> people, they were leaving. Yo, a lot of people left. I like, bet. I bet. Like people do that sometimes. They're like, ah, we're losing. Oh, let's just go home and beat the traffic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they weren't. They're just causing more. Either way, they got up. They missed the shit. How did it feel watching that? That was insane, man. It was yeah. one of the wild, like, 
I can't really explain it. It's been a long time too. Uh, it's just kind of wild when you're in the moment, though. Yeah, live sports are amazing. Live sports are amazing. I don't know. I've never been to like a football game, but I've been to like soccer games. Like uh, I went to the Gold Cup when Mexico was playing Honduras. That was pretty fun. They won like one zero, but it was, a, it was a good time. It was a really yeah. good time. I, I've been to the Sugar Bowl twice to watch Ohio State play for the uh, Sugar Bowl. Uh, that was pretty tight. I saw them beat Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That shit was wild, man. They uh, and I also saw them beat Alabama. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, Alabama man. was a big one. They Nick were Saban. upset and salty when they lost, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most teams that win a lot are like that. Like yeah. the the fans are always salty. Yes, yeah, so salty. It's crazy. Like, have it you was, seen like fights? Uh, have fights happened there too? Dude, I saw some chick within like a Alabama shirt. Like, she was super drunk and she just busted a beer bottle over a cop's head. And what? Like, oh, yeah, that was like bad decisions. <laughs> oh yeah, they were super salty. Yeah. God, so she, what was she? Well, like, was she just mad that they lost, and then she saw the cops? She was like, "This is no, my she chance. probably got mad and was being getting drunk at the same time, and then, you know, bad shit happened. You know, it's it's because of Alabama losing, but they were. But people, not, people always need an yeah. excuse to do stupid <laughs> shit. Always, always need an excuse. It's like, oh, my, yeah. my wife just left me, so I'm gonna crash my car. Like. That, that happens. You, that, that's how you're going to take it when your wife leaves your job? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. If I get a wife first. Getting a wife first. Yeah, no. get a wife. Like, that's that's the rule, okay? First you get a wife, then you crash your car after she leaves you. <laughs> mm. Then you take it too hard. <laughs> I know. There's people like that that don't know how to process their feelings, so they just go to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, dudes are insane. <laughs> Uh, women too, apparently. Women can be insane, but like I think it's a very like manageable amount of insane. I mean, I think it deal, it's they, with the person more than anything. Like they don't have to like. Sometimes this does happen, and this, but like it's never happened to me. Where like you know you have a woman coming to your house at two o'clock in the morning. It can that can conceivably happen. Oh, that's but never like, happened to you. No, a that's never happened to me. But it's probably over? much scarier when a guy shows up to your house at three in the morning <laughs> uninvited and you're a woman. That's <laughs> yo, that's scary as Yeah, fuck. exactly. I mean what's what is what's she gonna do? She's gonna like the girl that shows uh, up at three in the morning, she's gonna like pee on your car? Which I've well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> if, if a girl shows up, you open the door. If a guy shows up, you're not opening the door. No, you don't want to open the door for that girl. She's angry at three in the morning. <laughs> really? So I'm I'm talking about a crazy like you know oh, someone, okay. someone that's just really upset. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I've never had that before. Thank God. You know, but you you feel bad for some people sometimes. I mean, at the same time, you know, you hear like what they did. At the same time, you're like, ah, maybe she wasn't totally out of the. <laughs> Okay, there are two sides to every story. That's true. I mean, for one thing, you know, you dated her also, and, like, you can kind of see it coming, right? Like, there are signs. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's signs. signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, it doesn't have to get like that, oh, yeah. right? We, we were, we were uh, watching a movie in the theater, and she just threw the popcorn because Leonardo DiCaprio just died. And I was just like, damn. That happened to you? No, I'm just, I'm just giving examples. You want to watch that cat <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> Uh, just Dude, I was like age. ten when I was when Titanic came out. I think to ten. Uh, I think I was like maybe fifteen, fourteen. Is it? Nah, you're younger than me, man. <laughs> oh shit, no, that's right. Yeah, man. 
time? Uh, probably like eight or six, somewhere around there. That makes more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know age that well. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers. Sometimes I forget how old I am. Sometimes I still think I'm like in my early 20s, and then when I, I have to remember my life sometimes, I'm like, oh, wait, I am old. Like, I remember, uh, did you just watch Saturday morning cartoons, like on Fox? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, WB and stuff like that? Yeah, man. What, okay. What, which one do you watch? I used to watch I used to watch Fox all the time. Uh, Power Rangers was my favorite one. All right. I was big in the, what was that? The Animaniacs. Those are, I was big in those in the morning. Animaniacs, yeah, Animaniacs was, was dope. <laughs> I love that. They're, like, uh, The Simpsons, too. Like, there were a lot of, like, TV shows back in the 90s that had a lot of great writing, and it was written by adults, and it was very smart, and it had really good punchlines, but kids didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't know, I was just watching cartoons, I was so entertained by the cartoon aspect, but I didn't really notice the writing, and now that I got older and I'm watching those shows again, I'm like, oh, these are some really smart jokes. Yeah, they hit on a lot of different levels. (laughs) Animaniacs, for sure, too. There was one uh, where... The the brothers and sisters were like walking around. They were trying to figure something out, and they were like, "Oh, we need to look for fingerprints." Fingerprints, yeah, fingerprints. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, the fingerprints is hilarious. I like yeah. the Rocco's Modern Life, where uh, he was working as oh a phone God. sex operator. Yeah, <laughs> that, ooh baby, ooh baby, ooh baby. <laughs> it was that, SpongeBob when it first came out. It was very adult. They had a lot of adult jokes and stuff like that. Nickelodeon was huge back in the day. Like, I used to watch Nickelodeon after that. Uh, I remember the first time I started watching cable. I was just enamored. Like, uh, Cartoon Network was huge. They had a whole bunch of different cartoons and stuff. And, like, uh, Adult Swim came out at the same time, too. You know, you're really, really harping into the name of this show. Like, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it has been a minute. It's crazy. And, like, they're, they're bringing back some of those shows and stuff like that. But it doesn't, like... The nostalgia doesn't really, like, hit me as much anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I can't stand all the sequels, man. I mean, just think of new things. Have you seen the Squid Game show? I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it? I I know about it. I've seen the trailers and stuff. I was going to watch it today. But, uh, so, I I, I like the concept. It, it, It feels like a Japanese game show just to the extreme. That's basically what it is. So, the whole story... Is like uh, a dude is in de- a lot of people are in debt, right? And they owe a lot of money to people. So instead of p- not being able to pay, they put them in these games, and then they force them to play. And if they don't win the game, they die. But whoever wins gets all the money. Like there's a big bag of money that they win and stuff like that. So they pay off all their debts, which is crazy. Yeah. No, I mean I I was watching because I've watched uh, one episode, right? Uh-huh. And they're doing this game. Where they're basically crossing a bridge of glass, and some of the glass tiles, you know, will come loose and break when you step on them. So you have to know which way you're going, and they just cross single file, one after the other. And uh, then they fall uh, to a horrible death. Yeah, it's a... Uh, That's a hard game to play because, like, you're, you're, it's hard to know what glass is going to break or not. So you're you're basically basing on the you're person in front of you's just moves. Guessing. You're guessing. Well, if the person, the person in front of you guesses it right, then you follow them. And then if wrong, well, you should Boom, go the they other fall, way. and you're like, okay, well, I guess I shouldn't go there. I'll go the other. You know, that's scary. And then online, they're playing a lot of Squid Games now too. Mm. 
Like they have this one where uh, there's like a caramel, a hardened caramel, and they have a, like a shape on it, and they give you like a little needle, and you're supposed to like get the shape out without breaking it. Mm. And it's funny. Okay. It's really funny because I saw one online where uh, this teacher was having his like students play the game for their grades, but they didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, God damn, you, go, you could fail doing that for sure. <laughs> like, there was a dude that had like a 94 and it went down to like a 75 and it was like, oh shit. But in that episode, like I got the show though. Like, I mean, it's just much better writing, I think. Like, they have a hidden thing. They're just like, all right, this is like how we're just like the uh, like the bunch of turtles that are trying to get to the ocean without dying. In the yeah, that's like I mean, it's not like a super deep thing, but at least it's like trying to be original. It's not a sequel or a Marvel movie. <laughs> well, the fact that they added the them not being able to pay and being in a lot of debt that does make sense. Yeah, it does. It is kind of like real life. We're all just trying to pay off our debts. We're all just playing this fucking squid game in real life. Yeah, yeah that's and deep. Just falling off. Yeah. <laughs> to our deaths we're just waiting for the person in front of us to fall off so we can get ahead and win the fucking uh, exactly. 100 million dollars ah yeah capitalism okay. <laughs> i love it i was i was raised on capitalism just that sweet sweet drug of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. pure unfettered capitalism what do you think oh, about that <laughs> I, like, I think it's amazing <laughs> you read a lot of Anne Rand. <laughs> Do I what? <laughs> so do you read a lot of Ayn Rand? Is that your thing? Ayn Rand, yeah. Yeah, Ayn Rand. Yeah. I, I would say Ayn. They say Ayn. I don't give a fuck. She's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in what she says. You know. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, if you edit anything out, don't edit out what I just said. <laughs> fuck Ayn Rand. <laughs> I know that's gonna be the clip for the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that. Uh, uh, I mean, we could end this right now. I could drop the mic and leave. I feel good about that as long as everybody knows that fuck Ayn Rand <laughs> <laughs> and her other pronunciation of her uh, name. I mean, do you read a lot? I do uh, a decent amount. Like whenever I can, man. I've been reading more than I've been watching things. That's why I haven't started Squid Games yet. Ah, yeah. huge reader. Nah, I've been working more than anything, so I can't say I've been reading a lot. I'd be able to like, do you like history, philosophy? What, I what? do like to read philosophy. Uh, that shit's pretty cool. Um, history is cool, but like I, I don't know. Not like what's wrong with history? I'm a history buff. I like I like history. Ah, uh, you know, if history is the course that I just never gave a fuck about in uh, in school. Like I've had my social studies teachers hated me. <laughs> oh really? I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Maybe because you're going around going fuck out. Right <laughs> that certainly doesn't help in Texas. <laughs> I don't know what's a what's a book that you read recently that you were in, really into. So I read uh, The Stranger by Albert Camus. He's a ex- existentialist, absurdist guy. He was friends with. Uh, What's his name? Um, not trying to think. Put me on the spot here, trying to like name philosophers, and now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Camus. Yeah. yeah. Camus anyway, um, basically, the stranger is uh, the uh, the song Bohemian Rhapsody is the stranger. You know, where it's about this dude who goes. He's a French guy. And 
his mom dies at the beginning, like the very beginning of the book, and then in the middle of the book, uh, he ends up killing a man and going to jail and then getting sentenced to death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Bohemian Rhapsody, the song by Queen. Queen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's a good book. Uh, what's it called? I liked it. So, I, uh, if you, okay, have you? If you killed the man, how would you get away with it? If I killed a man, how would I get away with it? Yes. I'm not going to tell you my secrets, Joe. <laughs> Hypothetically. 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 Speaking. If I did it. <laughs> if you did it, here's how. OJ, start listening. I'm not going to kill a guy. I don't like, want to kill nobody. <laughs> it's a crime of passion. It's a crime of passion, and I've just ended up stabbing somebody um, passionately. Passion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know if I get away with this crime, Joe. I, uh... The cleanup process seems annoying. I'm not good at cleaning. <laughs> Here's the thing. So now that they have like uh, crime investigation units and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure back in the day, it was really easy to kill somebody and just get rid of the body and get away with it. Very much so. Back in the day, like people would just disappear, going like, "Where's Greg? I, he's no longer here." Okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could still be that way now. We're just not going out killing people, Joe. <laughs> I mean, you get you would get caught more often nowadays because of all the, you know, uh, blood, semen, all like, the blood and semen. That, the, that's the blood what's and going semen on in your murders, Joe. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of blood and semen in my murders. <laughs> my murder fantasies. You know? it's all the blood and semen splattered everywhere. What do you do with it all? It's gonna, you're gonna get caught there, there immediately. Was, hey, there wasn't even a murder. I just keep blood and semen on hand for some. <laughs> You're a weird dude, Joe. I am very, like, I am very weird. I'm not gonna lie. I've always been a weird dude. No. Are you weird? Or are you? I, I'm pretty weird. I don't know. Maybe like eccentric. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I feel normal. You feel normal? Yeah. You don't have like weird thoughts. I mean, aren't all thoughts weird thoughts? Whoa. This is the philosophy <laughs> talking. Huh? I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm I ate edibles today, so I might say some stupid high shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Every thought is weird if you think about it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. We're getting deep now. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I like smoking weed. I, I, love. I, I love smoking. I love edibles, too. Edibles are fun. I think edibles hit harder than weed, though. Like, if smoking-wise. That's the thing for me. For me, like, whenever I have an edible, it's like after an hour or two, then it just hits me all at once. But that's when, the beauty of edibles. That, that yeah. is the beauty of edibles. You got you to plan that shit out. But when you're smoking, you smoke for a little bit, then like an hour or two later, it's gone. You're, you're normal again. Yeah, I like the edible way better. Like, uh, I like it to all hit me when I'm not quite ready for it. That's, uh, that's the exciting part about it. <laughs> what's the weirdest part where they're like, when has the edible hit where you're just like, oh, shit, I, I can't be high right now? <laughs> I've been high on edibles and working consistently for <laughs> for at least the past two years so oh just like golf and <laughs> drinking huh? yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> you gotta get by somehow <laughs> okay so it's not so much weird anymore if you see me i don't know i've been actually doing a lot of like eating a lot of edibles or smoking weed a lot lately so it's been cool my tolerance has gone back down which is nice uh, I love to like you know be able to like hit a joint and be incredibly high. <laughs> Do you microdose? 
No, no. I just like take breaks. Take breaks? Yeah, take okay. breaks. I don't. That's what like, I do. It's not even taking a break. It's just sometimes I don't find time to get high. <laughs> you can always find time to get high. I like. I don't like to be high at work for real. Like I don't like or drinking at work because like I want to go be high or drunk and have a good time and not like work. Like I hate working. <laughs> yeah, I think most people do. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people delude themselves to the idea that they like to work. I mean, or else. <laughs> Delude themselves. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't I know. So. Or maybe they're just happy working, and maybe I'm the weird one. There, no, no, no. There are some. I, I, I think it's weird when someone loves doing a menial task. For some reason, I don't know why. I just think it's very weird. Yeah, they, they're just in love with the monotony of things. Yeah. I'm not like that. I, I need to be doing something. I need to be using my mind. I need to mind. do different things. Different yeah. things all I the time. Yeah. That's why I can't run. Um, I have to like, if I work out, I'm playing basketball or something like that. I can't run in a circle. It seems <laughs> like physically, or just like you don't want. I mean, to? I don't want to. Like I can go around. I was gonna tell you to run in a circle right now, and it just turns into a square. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take. Look, I can't run in a circle. I can't but I run can, curvature. <laughs> I can run in a rhombus. That's what I can do. <laughs> At the end of the day, don't we all really run in rhombus? <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're trying to be smart, but it's not coming out like that. I'm trying to be so smart. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Sometimes I think I'm pretentious at times. It's fun to act pretentious. Oh, I love acting pretentious. Yeah. Oh yeah, and acting entitled too, mm-hmm. and like in front of strangers, and they're just looking at you like, what? Who the hell does this guy think he is? You're like they don't know. No, they don't. You could be like you know. Anybody but Joe Escobar. <laughs> Which and I would be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I do need to come back into the place. Back into jail. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you ever done uh, psychedelics like acid? Yes. Yes. Have you ever gotten an ego death? No, I've never done enough to get like an ego death. If I did, I wouldn't talk about it a lot either. It's just annoying listening to people talk about their ego deaths. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. I've just heard people talk about it too much. It's uh, one of those things where just like you're in the middle of two people having a what they think is a spiritual conversation, and you're an atheist, and you're just like, "Ugh, what are you guys talking about?" <laughs> what you, okay, why does atheism have to go into spirituality for you? It doesn't. It's just sometimes you just get annoyed hearing people talk about their spiritualities. Oh, you know, God is great, man. Like, we're in this earth, and he created it. Adam, he made Eve out of Adam's rib, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. That does get annoying. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, I got to go now, John. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, well, evangelists, too, are annoying. Evangelists are the slimiest people. They're, they're very viscous people, those evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, just uh, so sleazy. Just the viscosity on those just, evangelists. Yes. Uh, the viscous evangelists. That's a pretty good one. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, a really, that's a good one right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I, it, with religion, for me, like, I'm more of an agnostic. Like, I, I, I see it. I understand what, what, what it's there for. It does help certain people. Uh, but it's not for me. And I don't want to, like, just refuse or, like, argue with somebody going, like, you're wrong. You're all wrong. I don't have the answers, but I know you're wrong. I mean, yeah. I don't feel like doing that either. <laughs> Are you a man of science? I mean, I science is a thing. 
and it's uh, correct. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it like I believe in science. That's the dumbest thing to say. Is I believe in science. Yeah, it's just a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I think Gravity works a certain way, and you know, math works. Would you be a Scientologist? Uh, am I rich and famous? No, I don't want to join a cult. I really don't like cultish behavior. They are kind of cultish. Yeah. I heard uh, that, uh, I don't know if it was John Travolta or some celebrity killed somebody, and it was covered up by Scientologists. Dude, you're just like calling out John Travolta on your podcast. He's going to come and murder you in your sleep in the Scientologists. Okay, it, 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 was cover a, it, up. it wasn't John Travolta, but it was a celebrity. <laughs> it, I, it, it was a, a theory or whatever. Like, it, I don't know if it's true or not. John Travolta is also a very viscous person. He looks viscous. He looks viscous. Like well. last time, like in the O.J. Simpson show, did you hey. watch that? Oh no the the trial yeah no I didn't watch it no well I mean the people and in the people versus OJ Simpson John Travolta looked like he was wearing Ray Liotta's face that's uh, <laughs> hey, you know how I know he's viscous wow because he was in the movie Grease <laughs> fuck you Joe shit. <laughs> 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 I feel like this this podcast is just showing our age. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Difference is I feel good. <laughs> I, was, yeah, man. I, hey, I feel good, too, it's some good. days. Yeah. Certain days. I don't know. It, it's crazy. Like, uh, So going back to comedy, have you always been interested in comedy? I've always been a comedy fan. I used to be watching a lot of stand-up comedy when I was little. Um when I'd be home, I'd be watching a lot of uh, Comedy Central Presents and stuff like that. Uh, David Tell, that, Todd yeah. Berry and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of Richard Pryor. I loved Richard Pryor. And, uh, Richard Pryor's amazing. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was the guy before Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Everybody talked about Pryor. He, he was the guy before Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, too, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. It's, it's, it's crazy how, like... So you can see the difference in, in the material between David Till and Richard Pryor. David Till is mostly jokes. He just does a lot of jokes and stuff. Richard Pryor had stories. He brought you in. He talked about his life. And he had a crazy fucking life. He yeah. lived in a brothel when he was a kid. Yeah, man. In Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> God Yo, damn. I, I knew uh, one of my managers at uh, Whistling Straits. Uh, was, uh, he grew up in like Peoria, Illinois. Whistling Straits. Yeah, that's that golf course there. I caddy that. That's a great name for it. So whistling straight. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's cat that calling. Whistle? That's what it is. <laughs> hey, girl, what you doing? Hey, girl. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny being a caddy. That's like, you just like, all you do is like enable like people's horrible behavior. You get fucked up with them while you're like going around uh, carrying their golf bags. They want you to like drink with them. They will give you lots of weed, probably like some Coke if you're into that type of thing. You could be out there on mushrooms caddying. It's great. It's a great feeling. But, like, yeah. you just sit there and enable all these rich people. Like, you know the game. And, like, the car girls, they're uh, stationed throughout the course because they there's nowhere to drive, so they're stationed there. Uh-huh. And they know the game, too, and they're dressed, like, you know, kind of a little bit skimpy, like, respectably skimpy or whatever like that. And you're just sitting there. <laughs> they're skimpy, but respectably. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> like, something. They're not dressed like strippers on the golf course, which I'm not. Like, that'd be cool, too. I mean, it'd probably help out. Well, it's a uniform, right? Yeah, it's like a uniform. Yeah. And most, <laughs> most, most car girls are very pretty girls. You know what I'm saying? They really are. And they're cool. Uh, but, but the whole thing is, like, trying to get them to, like, buy more shit. 
So they will say horrible shit about these car girls. You know, horrible objectifying shit, which is like kind of true at some points too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all get it. They know yeah, they're know, sexy. <laughs> toxic masculinity ain't that bad, you know. <laughs> they they know they're sexy, and we're just sitting there trying to sell them drinks and get those big ass tips from those motherfuckers. So I mean, it's service. Yes, it's a service. You're, you're a service providing industry. a service. It, it's in like bartending. Same, Same thing. thing as bartending. Same thing as bartending. Cause so I, you're trying to bring them down like those big big bucks. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more drunk some or the more inebriated somebody gets, the more money comes out of their pocket. I mean, when someone tells you that they flew in on a private jet and they're talking to you about the Ferraris they just bought, you're like, "Well, you better be tipping, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest tip you got? Uh five hundred dollars for the round. Holy crap! Yeah. Was it eighteen holes? Yep. Dang. That's a hundred dollars an hour, basically. Whoo, <laughs> man, that's a good rate. Yeah, yeah. You got were, you, were you wearing a skimpy outfit too? <laughs> yeah, that just said sexy jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I cut out the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have pasties though? <laughs> With like smiley faces on them. <laughs> no, they, this shit was wild, man. Um, I. The other thing, the other side of it, there's just the, you caddy for, like, cheap motherfuckers. Like, because it's, it's just you get lucky and you catch those guys that just flew in on the private jet, right? But everybody has to pay $500 to play the golf course there. But then, like, you'll get, like, cheap motherfuckers come that aren't going to, like, tip you shit. Like, they'll give you the minimum of $50 for the for running them around. That, that works. Can you kind of tell when somebody's going to skimp on you? Yes, immediately. Okay, what's, what's the telling signs? Um... They're wearing like Reebok instead of like Nike <laughs> or Asics. <laughs> I don't know. A certain uptightness is a is a really telling sign. Um, people from Michigan didn't tip a lot. Yeah, really from Michigan. From Michigan. Okay. What's is Detroit? Kind of, uh, Detroit's cool. Hey man, it's cold in the D. Yeah, like I, I don't like I'm not like I'm just saying like people from like rural Michigan that came and played. Ah, okay. They were not like you got you got one of those guys. Even if like it sounded like they like you know had a lot of money, they were not tipping you. Okay. Um, same thing, people from Canada, <laughs> Canadians, but they're, but they're nice. Yeah, but they, some of them are like French Canadians, and they do have a different tipping culture, and that sucks. But they're actually nice, actually, to deal with like throughout the round. So you're not like super. Some people are super pissed, but I at least I, they were fine. Like people, I didn't like. You spend four hours with a person, you want to be able to like. Just leave. I try not to think about the money so much in that situation. But, like, it's worse when, like, you spend four hours with a person and you guys hate each other. Like, 100%. Really? That's happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I hated this motherfucker. It was, like, he didn't tip me shit. Okay, how did it start? Were you guys just talking, being friendly? It's like, hey, how's you, how you doing? He how's was one day? of those guys, you know, I said that all golfers are bad. Well, he was bad and thought he was good. <laughs> um, he was also he an said, asshole, <laughs> and he thought he was, like, a cool guy. Uh, oh. I got the loop because um, the guy that looped with him beforehand, uh-huh. uh, the day before, didn't want the request, which is, like, you usually have to take the request, but he's been looping for so long, he doesn't have to take the request if it's, like, shit, shit. And uh, so he was pissed off at me, like, at the first tee because he didn't get the guy that he screwed over the first time. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It was, he wrote me a horrible review. 
Um, what did he say? I, I can't remember what he said, but, you know, fuck him. He <laughs> <laughs> was from, like, Tennessee, like Memphis. Oh, uh, shit. You can tell he listens to a lot of country music. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was just sad. Maybe, maybe his He probably was sad. sad. He's a horrible person, and nobody likes him. <laughs> not me, not Phil, and not anybody that we were with around. He was just, uh, my other, I was catting for two people that day. Right, so I'm carrying two bags. The other guy loved me. We had a great time. He tipped you well. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, the other guy, I think, went out of his way to like make up for that. That he didn't even know him. He just knew that he was a dick. So, yeah, that's Dang. how that works. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I feel like I deal with that all the time, dude. Shitty people, like working at bars and stuff like that. I could kind of tell, like when they come up to you, going like just acting like assholes. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, I'm usually able to deal with shitty people. Like I can look past it for like a, uh, for a short amount of time you and seem like, like a sensible a fine, person yeah and yeah. we can like we can find some common ground that we can like talk to each other for like that's what i had to do i'm not didn't have anything in common with these golfers coming to play 500 except for the fact we golfed right yeah yeah that's the only thing that we had in common whoa, 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 whoa. where's your ferrari is it parked <laughs> in the back over here <laughs> look they didn't want people who have Ferraris carrying their golf bags or else they would tip us accordingly to buy Ferraris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's always tough working in, like, a service industry like that. I don't know. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, have I been going in and out because of that? No, yeah. you haven't been going in and out. It's just like, uh, I don't know what's wrong with the mic, but there's like some interference. It just keeps like buzzing. Oh, okay. And I think it's kind of the cord. Because what I do is I, I hold it like this. I hold the cord up to the mic. Oh. Yeah, and you're used to just like holding the mic like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't feel right holding a microphone off of stage. <laughs> I, I, I hold the mic like this all the time. I got so used to it because, like, whenever I go to uh, mics and stuff like that, sometimes the mic does cut out. So I'm just used to holding the the cord to the mic. Okay. And, yeah. And this has been Mic Talk with Joe Escobar. Mic Talk. <laughs> mm. How big is your mic? Standard size. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. When you're holding the mic, mm-hmm. what's what's your best position? You hold it at the at the shaft. I feel like I hold it awkwardly. Um, a lot of times I'm holding the mic and the stand, like I'm holding a mic without a stand, but the uh-huh. stand is still plugged into the mic. Um, do you, okay, so do you like, when you're on stage, do you like when the mic is on the stand and you're holding it like that? I don't. No? No. Because okay. there are some comics that just leave the mic on the stand and just When I do it, it, I'm always leaning it, leaning the mic stand. Like, I'm not... Oh, you're a cool guy. I don't know. I'm just carrying the mic stand with me. You like like, to lean with me. I've I've gone past. I didn't feel like taking the mic out of the stand, so I just held it in the stand, and I'm speaking to you. Uh Uh-huh. And the lean of the mic is going with the... (laughs) This isn't a recorded podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Everybody, like, whenever I have a a guest, they always want to do some physical stuff. And, like, there's no video to it, so I'm the one seeing it, but they can't. Like, yeah, I have to describe it sometimes. It's a weird thing. Like, do you, I, well, we talked about comfortability on stage. You said you're feeling more comfortable on stage now. Well, I'm doing this joke that I really like, and it's fun to perform, and I like, so. You're, you're more of a performance guy, aren't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, and when I don't feel like right about what I'm saying, I don't particularly like saying it. But that might be all the material I have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you, like you said, you come from an b- acting background. Mm-hmm. So you understand being on stage, people seeing you, and you performing the joke. Because from, from watching you sometimes, I feel like you have the image in your head, and you're just trying to get everybody to see that same image at the same time. Okay. From, from a lot of comics like that. Because there, there are some comics that just tell jokes, and it's just like the punchline hits you all immediately. Because there's an aha moment. Mm-hmm. There's, there's different jokes like that. Like, what, what type of comedy do you do? What, what, what jokes do you like? Ah. Uh, what jokes do I like? I like. I like. I like a lot of things from like short one-liners. I'm not. See, it's like what short. What jokes do I feel comfortable performing? And I don't feel good telling long stories. Uh, really? On stage? No. Okay. I mean. I'd say most of my jokes are only like a minute long or something like that. Maybe maybe some of the longer ones go to two. So and I can press them a little longer. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I. Yeah, they're they're usually generally short, and uh, I, I and it's the thing that I do. I think is I say a lot with uh, without saying too much. I think that's what you're supposed to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there are other storytellers on that just do one whole story. And you have to, stories are hard because you have to commit to it and you have to know where the beats are and stuff like that. And sometimes the joke doesn't really pop until you get to the end. So that's kind of hard, too. Okay. Like, uh, if we're talking about like Houston Comics, Steve Cantwell is a storyteller. Uh, but also, Jesse Saldana's one, too. He, Jesse, I like Jesse Saldana because, like, he does short jokes, mm-hmm. so, short stories sometimes. Yeah. So there, it's, it is a story. He is kind of like a storyteller, but the. It's so short that it feels like a joke. Now, Steve is great because, like, Steve builds tension the entire yes. time yes. throughout the joke. And you sit there, and there's that thing where you're like, is he lying about any – is he telling the truth about any of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great. I like – I love Steve Cantwell. Love him too. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Wild have, stories, though. <laughs> yeah, but then you have guys like Dan Hornstein that are just, like, one-liners and jokes. are like, quick joke, 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 joke. He has good, like, uh, laughs per minute. Mm-hmm. A lot of laughs per minute. And, like, that's something that I try to instill in myself is, like, having more laughs per mi- for a minute. Like, having big pops in between. Boom, boom, boom. That's what I've been trying to work on. Yeah. It's, well, a, it's a different it's a different skill, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Because, like, well, from what I've been seeing now, you don't have to have a lot of laughs per minute. As long as you get big laughs when you get to the punchline, for some people, that's, that's what matters. Because okay. they're telling a story for the most part. Telling a story. Yeah, well, ah, like I said, I don't. If I do construct a story, it's gonna be constructed like backwards from the joke. You write jokes backwards? No, it's just like the joke would be like in there, and then I'd construct a story around it. I guess. That's what I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, from the punchline, mm-hmm. you work your way backwards. I've done that many times before. Yeah. Uh, with puns, I do that because I have this joke about my. Uh, my dad being a cross-country champion. And I thought of that before everything else, you know. And that's the biggest thing. I feel a lull right now. You feel a lull? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the lulls happen. Lulls, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you try, try to, you try to stop them. <laughs> but they always seem to come. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all it comes always, in waves. It always comes. Yeah. You know how to spell lull? L-O-L. 
I'm not gonna laugh at that. <laughs> I'm not. It's got. It's got three L's. It's a it's word with three L's. Oh, L O L O L O. Who are your like comedy inspirations? Oh, like I was saying, a lot of the stuff I watched when I was growing up is like David Tell and Todd Berry. A lot of New York comics. I love Stephen Wright. Not a New York comic. He's a know. Boston comic. Yeah. Boston comic. But he does one-liners, mm-hmm. and he does them very well. Very well. Uh, who else? Mm. Really big fan of John Mulaney, man. I am, too. Yeah. 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 I love John Mulaney. Uh I, I like the fact that he is going through some stuff personally, though, because it shows that he's human and he's just like he's, he's dealing with stuff just like us. I would assume that he was. I mean, he's a comic. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing, too. Yeah, but like, he always seems so like put together, put together. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it just makes me feel better that somebody who looks like they're put together has a terrible life <laughs> <laughs> and is dealing with stuff because it makes him seem more human. To me. Oh, man, it's so horrible. He just fucked Olivia Nutman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Such a horrible life for John Mulaney. Uh. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. <laughs> uh, no. uh, she, was, she was miserable with Aaron Rodgers, too. <laughs> she was. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you like uh, Green Bay? I like Green Bay. Not like a lot. Like, I'm a Browns fan, obviously. But, like, I respect, like, Green Bay and their fans. Like I said, Cheeseheads. in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin, they're probably the biggest sports fans, like, in the states, they uh, they watch a lot of sports. They know everything about like thing, and then they just like die hard about their their teams. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, okay, I I respect that. People like that are very cool, but I feel like if you put so much of your life into sports like that, it kind of makes you like a boring person. Yeah, but you know, sometimes in Wisconsin, in the middle of the winter time, it gets negative sixty degrees and. You're gonna go. I'm not gonna go outside. I'm gonna stay bored at this house. <laughs> Eat cheese. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why they drink so much, and it's a fun time. It is a fun time. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm a I'm a Green Bay fan for yep. sure. But I'm a huge Texans fan. It's I'm, funny listening to them complain about Green Bay and about everything they do. They feel like they're they are. If you live in Green Bay, they're they the team is actually owned by the city. So the the people have a share of oh, Green Bay. Oh yeah, it is like a committee. Yeah, yeah I, I know. So yeah. they feel entitled to have their opinion about what goes on with their football team, which I think is pretty cool. Though their opinion doesn't matter at all because no. they <laughs> did not get Aaron Rodgers any help. <laughs> not at all, man. They're not like they've got arguably the best quarterback in the league. Uh, not right now, but like you know, for like. Tom Brady. I mean, they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, so. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. It, Aaron Rodgers in his prime and Tom Brady were very comparable. Um, Tom Brady was just winning the Super Bowls. That was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is, uh, with with the, being a Texans fan, I think this whole, like, Deshaun Watson thing is crazy because Deshaun, before. I can't talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <You> <laughs> Did you sign an NDA or something? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Were you a massage therapist at one point? Oh, I can't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that at that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, I mean, like I, 
I was born in Houston, and I've always been like a Rockets and Texans and like Dynamo fan. So it just holds a special place in my heart, and it's tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm never really. I don't like Houston sports. You could not put that part on the on the podcast. No, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, it. No, okay, fine. <laughs> Fuck Houston and their sports. Fuck Houston sports. <laughs> Fuck Iron <Ayn> Rand. <laughs> I come on podcasts to make enemies. <laughs> No friends. No friends. <laughs> God damn. Well, not from Houston. <laughs> not from <Yeah>. Houston. <laughs> Ohio and Green Bay. Or I'm, making, I'm, I'm doing really like, well with those people yeah. <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. Best fans in the world. Yeah. <laughs> not Houston. Oh, especially <laughs> that one guy from Tennessee. Oh, he's going to hate hearing oh, this. Yeah, the Tennessee guy. Oh, <laughs> I hope he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck Ann Rand. <laughs> Oh shit, man! I don't know. So, acting. What got you into acting? It was a thing where I started going back to community college uh, at HCC, and um, I was already like 26, and I like I needed the arts credit or whatever. I took like an acting class and ended up auditioning and did a few plays in HCC. I did a couple plays outside of it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really cool. I it really opened my idea, like my mind to like the idea of like performance. Like, you know, when you like perform stuff on stage, you start to realize that everything that you do is performance. Like, you know, no matter where you go, yeah. like everything anybody's doing in performance. And once you see, once you see that, it's really hard to like shake that idea. What do you mean, like uh, the people that you were performing with or just performing all the time? No, no, I mean, like when you go out, you're acting as a waiter if you're working as a waiter or, you know, we're going up and performing as stand-up comedians. But that's what stand-up comedians are supposed to do, obviously. Performing on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, outside of it, you can be, you could do more performance as a stand-up comedian. Like it's an archetype that you can throw yourself on. Um, Okay. Yeah. So... That that's a real thing. So yeah. I was talking to a guy at a bar one time. We're having a great conversation. He was telling me the same thing. All he was doing is performing all the time. Performing when he was working service, he's performing. When he's out with his friends, he's performing. When he's talking to random strangers, he's performing. You mm-hmm. know. And I feel like that's kind of like exhausting. It is, but like you know, you're always doing it regardless. Like now, people don't really realize that they're performing. No, there's some people that are real as fuck, and I, I respect those people a lot. I but try they're to still, be real. even when they're being real, it's still a performance. Like they don't even think about it. Oh, it's just who they are. Like yeah. it's their character. Mm-hmm. Ah, so then, do you believe like uh, in order to be a really good stand-up, you, it's you're you on stage. Like, you're real, you're yourself and stuff like that, but, like, it's also, like, part of your performance, like, your, it's, your voice. Yeah, it's definitely, a, like, a, it's a different version of you, you know? Um, I don't know, I always think, ah, there's an idea, like, what, like, what if, like, when you go to sleep and you wake up, you're just, like, a new person the next day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if, like, you don't, you do you technically wake, died. Do you wake up going like, "What's my character today? <laughs> <laughs> what do I feel? What do I feel? That's uh, that's taking it, yeah. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to react to this? I don't know. <laughs> I 
don't know. Like I, I, I don't think about that when I wake no, up. No, you, you shouldn't think about it. It's like you don't think about like the things that you do when you're doing. I mean, you do, but like you can get to a point where you don't have to. Like you can just trust your instincts and make uh-huh. those decisions without really thinking about it like hard. And when you start thinking about it hard, that's when it starts like getting in your head. Yeah, you right? psych yourself out. Yeah, you can psych yourself out and stuff like that. It's uh, okay. We were talking about like it's like Charles Barkley playing golf. What we were talking about before. Yeah, because uh, before he started playing with Michael Jordan, he was a good golfer. Then he got the yips. Yeah, and his, his swing was just messed yeah, up. Yeah, because Michael Jordan got in that man's head. He got his head. Yeah, <laughs> that's what like, Jordan does. It's what he does. And you know what? He took it personally. That's what happened. He takes everything <laughs> personally. <laughs> Michael Jordan took <laughs> <laughs> that man goes and gets ice cream and gets the, like the wrong chains back and he takes it personally. Uh, <laughs> 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 he scores forty points on the Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to love about Michael, though. I mean, he does take the it. The competitiveness, I, I love it too. That's that's what attracted me to. Uh, the Bulls back in the day, because yeah. like I really liked the Bulls when I was younger, mm-hmm. and like uh, it, it just reminded me of like how big of a star he was, and he wasn't even thinking about that. All he cared about was playing basketball and winning. Mm-hmm. That was it. That, that was he's it. Still, he's still all he cares about is winning, man. Winning, yeah. winning. Yeah, like he's lightweight psychotic, but that's why you love him. <laughs> well, that's, that's what people say. Like when, when you're when you're so competitive like that, there's got to be a little bit wrong with you. But Kobe was the same way. Kobe, all Kobe cared about was winning. Yeah, you know Kobe. He uh. Are you gonna say fuck Kobe? <laughs> Hell no, man. <laughs> I can't even bring myself to say it. <laughs> I was about to be like. <laughs> I can't say anything bad about Kobe. I no, I can't say anything. Yeah. I mean, I was really gonna just go off on a tirade about helicopters and you know, but I, but I yeah. It's okay, all, Ari like, Shafir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like nah, it's been done. It's been done. Nah, but Kobe, dude, Kobe's, but Kobe's one of my favorite basketball players. Yeah, and fuck helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I'm never, I'm never going in a helicopter now. Never Just again. Never again. <laughs> I don't really. I don't, have I ever been in a helicopter? I've, I've I, never been. In I don't one. even either. Yeah. No. Nah, the um, what were we talking about? Kobe Bryant. Yeah, we're talking about Kobe. We're talking about competitiveness. Oh, yeah. No, like Kobe was learning to be like an actual person after he retired and like not being competitive. It seems learning like. to be a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it does like. He wasn't out golf hustling like Michael Jordan is every day of the week. <laughs> well, when you have something that's your life and you've made it your life, you worked uh, ever since you were a kid, you worked so hard to do this one thing. And now you no longer have it. What do you do? I mean, he was using his opportunities, and he made that. He won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite videos is, like, uh, with him and Kanye. And, like, uh, he's giving, like, this speech or whatever. And he's like, well, are you a, are you a different beast or, or a different animal? And Kanye's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> That's one of my favorite videos of all time. I was like. Kanye's fucking crazy. I love Kanye so much. I, I remember back in the day, I used to listen to uh, Graduation a lot. Love, yeah. Love that album. I like Late Registration. I was the Late, Late Registration. Registration yeah. was another good one. Yeah. yeah. Like, Through the Wire, that's like the classic wire. Kanye. Take another one of those. Yeah. Oh, well. If you guys are wondering about the, the background noise, we're at Agora right now. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, 
I, I forgot to clean my house today. So uh, just doing it out on the streets. Doing something different. I also want to know, I uh, want to see how it sounds too. Because like, uh, I want to see if I can just do it outside. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a nice night. If It's a beautiful night. This beautiful is, uh, night. you know, I'm not sure about your audio quality because I don't know anything about that. But because we're outside, we might have to trash all of this. <laughs> But everyone, everyone, just remember the one thing is this: fuck Anne Rand. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all you gotta remember. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Anne Rand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sound quality. I don't know. After this comes out, you're gonna get a whole bunch of emails and like DMs and like, fuck you. Why are you talking shit about Ayn Rand? Because <laughs> <laughs> that bitch is wrong. <laughs> like everything that she wrote is just like wrong. <laughs> Oh. I feel like this is therapy for you now. Yeah, it you're just getting good. it out. Just, I love, I, I love to pick fights with Anne Randy and <laughs> <laughs> ideals. Yeah, they call that a Freudian slip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of the biggest things, like one of the biggest reasons why I started comedy, is uh, psychology. So I used to take psychology classes and I realized like psychology has a lot to do with being on stage because you're controlling people all at the same, like a group of people and you're getting them to think the way you think and agree with you sometimes, you know, and that's one of the hardest things you can do is get a whole group of people who are strangers and are different, have their own thoughts and feelings and all think the same thing at one time. Maybe it's just one aspect. Yeah, of the I know? like psychology as well. Uh, what's it called? I took a bunch of psych, like I took some psych, a psych course, maybe two. I don't know, and, and thing. That's the that's the end game, man. I'm gonna become like a therapist as like after this. <laughs> after after comedy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna, like, once once you retire from comedy, you're gonna be like Kobe, and you're gonna be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> A massage therapist. <laughs> hey, we can't talk about that. Yeah, we can't talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man, like, I don't know. It's gonna, like, I like being in Houston. It's dope. But, you know, someday, like, you don't have to do comedy forever, right? No, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Someday I do have an escape plan. I'm not, like, trying to quit comedy. But I have an escape plan if I ever need to. And it's just moving to a quiet place where I could like, golf and get drunk and fucking uh, chill out and be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to be, like, doing uh, therapist? Like, are you going to be talking to people while you're on the course, like the people, like your patients? Yeah, I mean, you know, if everything's, like, all digital now, you can, like, you know, just plug in your ear pods and then roll up to the golf course. And you know, pretend you're listening while you're trying to. <laughs> How does that make golf. you feel? <laughs> Four. <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep going. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh no, belly. Do you do you feel like there's a uh, something that brings you together with like acting and stand up, or something that? I don't know how to word this. There's a comparison between those two. Yeah. Just like. Because I see a lot of like comics. Some of them don't really perform. Like Some of them are joke tellers and then others are performers. 
Right. And, like, you know, you have to be both. At the same time. Yeah. I think that's a scope. Because, I mean, Stephen Wright, like we were talking, he wasn't a performer. Oh, man. I mean, he, he's very, I think that's very much uh, performing. Like, So you think that, the way he acted and stuff like that, that was his performance? Yeah. Yeah. But from the interviews and stuff like that, it sounded like he was just talking. That's uh, that's the key, man. That's that's, key. that's what you're supposed to do when you're acting. Is you're just supposed to make everything sound normal. <laughs> oh, that's so weird to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's just some crazy things. Cause like uh, when I first started stand up, I didn't know there was that performance aspect. I thought I was just gonna go on stage and just tell jokes the way I tell them. Okay. But then when I realized, I was like, oh no, there's a specific way you tell jokes. Like I read the comedy bible, mm-hmm. right, by uh, Judy Carter. Yeah. And that taught me how to write a joke. Yeah. But and I was talking to, with Antonio about this, and he was saying that anybody who's written a book or who teaches comedy classes, you're doing comedy the way they do it. Yeah, exactly. Bi- yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing. And I know a lot of comics have read the comedy Bible, so we're all going off of this scripture, basically, of how to do comedy, even though there's many ways to do it. See, I've read the comedy Bible. Like, not all of it. Um, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flexing. <laughs> like, I've read the comedy Bible. Hey, I like to read. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one true Bible of comedy. <laughs> uh, I don't think, so. uh, honestly, yeah. from reading it, there's something, there's like uh, How to Think Funny. There's that book. And like other stuff like I've that. I've read how, part of how I, 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 I just go in between books all the time. Like, you know what I mean? So, and they're interesting. Like, I, I read them. And you take what you can from them, but like yeah, at the end of the day, you got to be you on stage. Like it's got to be your voice, and that's what you're trying to create. Yeah, but a and lot of people don't understand what your voice is. Yeah, you're not going to. Um, yeah. That's why you go to the basics, like the comedy bible and stuff like that, right? That's it's that's the realest thing. Like yeah, yeah, it's just like practice. You'll like learn to write better jokes, and the comedy bible will teach you. And you should because that's you're trying to become a really good comedian. So if you just did comedy Bible stuff for the entirety of your career. It's a lot of hacky, like, 80s, 90s comedy. Like, when, after I read the comedy Bible, I was writing, like, a lot of hacky old jokes. Right. And it kind of, like, tripped me out. It was like, I finally figured out how to write a joke, but it was an old way how to write, you yeah. know? And then I had to relearn how to write my own style. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's like you got to, like, learn the joke structure to do that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So when you write jokes, how do you how do you think of a joke? Uh, I'm trying to like, you know, I'll jot down things I see, or if I think of like a absurd story or something like that, that's cool. Uh, or maybe just something, uh, something that sounds funny, funny, like that viscous evangelist thing sounds pretty funny. Like that, I, I, you that's something you can like work that. around, yeah, and stuff, and like simple stuff. Uh, but that's, I think you can write a joke on that for sure. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. There, I was trying. This did not go well on stage last night, but uh, I was trying uh, out some stuff, and I I don't have a joke written about it, but I'm just talking shit about the angry guy at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you ever work with just an incredibly angry person, and so it bums you out every time you see him? Yeah, like he's got a stick up his ass, and he's yeah, always just he's like, just always angry. Yeah, and like you know, everybody hates him, right? And that's why they moved into like the basement. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, like fuck, like and then like you try to be friends with the angry guy, right? Like you don't want to be so fucking angry all the time. And it's like it doesn't care. Yeah, I don't care about angry guy, but like I do have to be around him, so I try to find some like you know common ground. Yeah. Right. And then he's like talking about his dog, and then you're just thinking, 
Your dog doesn't like you either, man. <laughs> Everybody hates angry guy. Everybody hates angry guy. Oh, man. That is true, though. That is true, but I think people took that real personally in the audience, too. I, th- I felt like there was a lot of crossed arms when I was talking shit about angry guy. Like, they thought I was talking shit about them because they probably were angry guy. They just realized it then and there. They're like, fuck. No one likes me. (laughs) (laughs) You just made people feel like shit. (laughs) I mean, you know, if I did that and they're an angry guy, maybe it was deserved. (laughs) You know what? You should start going on stage and just saying, fuck, I ran and see what happens. (laughs) That's not something I haven't said on stage before. (laughs) I don't know. You you don't seem the angry man type. I'm not. Yeah. Like, I, I, I haven't ever seen you, like, yell on stage or protrude like anger i don't know that, that's debatable i haven't been like too like i'm never like out of control angry like i don't like is that something you want to do just to perform that way no you got to be in control all the time even if you're like performing out of control like i've played angry on stage uh-huh and it's just like you pretending to be out of control but there's a very controlled aspect to it you're just protruding these like different like characteristics and stuff uh bill bird is perfect for that he he protrudes this angry guy but he's still in control the whole time exactly like yeah like nothing phases him that whole uh philadelphia thing i love watching that (laughs) (laughs) fuck you fuck the eagles (laughs) (laughs) you you built a statue to a fictional character (laughs) Um, the Rocky statue. Yeah. <laughs> the Rocky statue. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Uh, <laughs> Joe Frazier's from this town. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> That that made his career. That shit's so fucking funny, man. It, it made him a legend yeah. in a lot of aspects because of that yeah. rant. And it, it's that's the crazy thing about comedy is because before that he was on the road he was you know headlining and stuff like that but he didn't get the notoriety until after that video came out right and uh same thing with hannibal burris once he started talking shit about bill cosby then his career blew up and sometimes you don't know what's going to happen when you're on stage and you just say some shit and if it's being recorded and it goes on the internet and it pops you're like well okay i guess like any publicity is good publicity i guess right right that's the biggest thing. Like, if you pop like that, if, like, talking shit about somebody, would you just run with it? Yeah, man. Like, you, you've never, like, just actually got in a row and talking shit on stage? Like, sometimes. Yeah, I, guess, yeah. I did. I did. Uh, but for me, it's a, it always seems like I'm angry. Like, I'm the pissed off one, you know? No, nah, yeah, the times that I've done this really well, uh, I'm not angry at all. And I'm just really stating the uh, obvious about what I see. <laughs> There was this one time where I was at Darwin's and I was bombing because like, you know, when you're at Darwin's, people don't usually listen and you have to like control the room. And I, I was telling jokes. I was getting like laughs here and there. But then at the end, I got kind of pissed and I was just talking shit about everybody there. I was like, I don't have to be here. Fuck this. I don't need this. And it just the people were just like, what the fuck is his problem? You know, that type of shit. Uh, but I, sometimes it, I did it one time at Darwin's and it worked where I was just angry and I was talking shit. I was like talking shit about the bar talking shit about the people and they loved it but i could never recreate that after that yeah well you weren't really angry it's just though right no i was i was i was pissed off about something else that happened in my day okay yeah no that works in my personal life and i just took it out on stage that's fine like if you're pissed off about something that's not the target then that works out usually great actually if i had a bad day at work i've noticed that i've had great sets 
Yeah, because you use that anger and you, it fuels you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you use that energy. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing. You're just like, and they're like, well, also, you're sitting there. This is like when you're doing mics. You just sit there at work waiting to go up so you can go to a mic and then getting pissed off that you're still at work. And by the time you get there, you just kind of let it all out. It's uh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does feel good sometimes. I mean, sometimes you do need that, like that release. Oh, yeah. Definitely, or else I would go insane. There'd just be a lot of blood and cum, you know. <laughs> Viscous. Viscous. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! I don't know. Do you like Houston? I do. You do? Yeah, because of comedy and acting. Well, That's okay. like when I before that. You know, I didn't feel like Houston like had a lot for like me. You know, I mean, what I'm you saying? lived here, you you li- you hung around places and stuff like that. But it was just you're just like ah, it's just a city. It is just city. I mean, like everybody's up to their own things, and you know, once you have a thing to do in the city, it's uh, it makes it better because you know the people around you are doing the same thing, and uh. it's you know sometimes you end up hanging out with people that like before you're doing that thing, you're just hanging out with people that are doing totally different things than you actually want to be doing. So it just kind of sucks. What do you mean? Oh, I mean, like, you know, you're not doing the things that you want to be doing, I guess. I don't know. It's, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you want, what do you want from me, Joe? <laughs> hey, man, you're the one that reads philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, once I started doing comedy, I feel like my life changed a lot. And I finally realized the thing that I wanted to do. Even though, like, I know at the end of the day, I probably will never be famous or I won't gain a certain notoriety i just love doing good old positive joe (laughs) i mean i know real realistic joe i try not to think of like an end goal um no 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 that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i I no longer have the end goal all right because when i first started comedy i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna go on stage well because you got to be famous you got this this." like that's what's you just have to get things done step by step Uh, like you know like you have a show tomorrow that's what you got to think about nowadays yeah. yeah 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 You got it. Yeah. You just. uh, I'm always like in the hustle. I'm hustling all the time. Right. You don't have time to think about where you're going to end up. Yeah. It's kind of fun that way. Also, you don't know who's going to be in the crowd sometimes. Yeah. Like I've seen. I've seen comics get off stage and people just come up to them. Hey, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you for a minute. I have this idea. You know, and like stuff like that. And it's a weird. It's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. Like, uh, do you also do like sketches and stuff like that? Um. I haven't like done a sketch myself like thing. I've helped Pedro put together one of his sketches, uh, kind of like sitting there watching, seeing how to like put all this stuff together. I'm not really experienced with any of that, so. Do you want to do sketches? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, because we, we do a lot of writing and stuff like that. Why don't you just write your own sketches and film them? You can do that nowadays. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. That's uh, how you're supposed to do them. It's finding time to do the sketches and stuff. Well, there's different avenues nowadays. You don't only have to do stand-up. There's yeah. also, like, uh, writing for TV shows, writing for, like, uh, late-night shows. There's sketches. Yeah, there's man. YouTube, TikTok. See, I don't want to be a content creator. I have to, like, just pump out content all the time. 
Yeah, that does seem it's, like it's tiring. It, it does sound tiring. I, mean, I give a lot, like, content creators, like, push out a lot of stuff, and they do it consistently, and that's, like, hard work. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes when you gain notoriety as a content creator, you're not a great stand-up. Yeah, and not, not only that, like, you're just sitting there doing the one thing over and over again. And that's what people know you by. Yeah. I was talking to a comic one time, and uh, he was talking about how he opened up for a content creator, and... His set went way better than the content creator, but the only reason the people came was to get pictures with that person. And that's all they cared about. There was this one guy that came up to him. He was like, hey, you know you're better than that guy, right? But nobody went up to him and tried to take pictures of him. They're all just that guy because they wanted to get pictures and show it on IG and, like, Facebook and just show, like, hey, look who I'm with, you know? That whole thing. And you know what? Like... Which is fine. That's, they, fine. They got it. that's what they got going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you get butts and seats. I think that's all that matters for like some clubs and stuff. Yeah, man. That's like the main goal. So they're doing something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Not necessarily being thing. funny, but... <laughs> I mean, funny online. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why they have a fan base. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. Like, I... I I like TikTok videos. I, I, I think it's fun and whatever. I've been putting some of my, like, stand-up clips on TikTok. Okay. Just seeing. What kind of response are you getting from that? Exactly, yeah. I, is it, like, So, I posted my first it? video, like, a couple months ago. It got an okay response, and I posted the second one recently, and I got a better response. So, that just shows me my writing has gotten a lot better, you know, and it's just, like, working my way up. It's Yeah, that's uh, that seems like a cool thing to do. Yeah, just checking the statistics, too. I, I love the numbers for some reason. Just seeing, like, how many people view it and then how many likes I get. And then just seeing, like, how much uh, I progress in that aspect. Because, mm. like, uh, IG is another beast, too. Like, nowadays, uh, just because you're funny doesn't always mean you're going to get booked and stuff like that. Having a lot of uh, followers is very important. Yeah. Like, I was talking to this comic who's been doing it for a while. And he was talking about, like... The numbers on TikTok and IG, like having like 500,000 followers is very important to a lot of bookers. And it brings up your price. As it too. should be. I mean, they're kind of like, it's going to be like, if you have a following, you're going to get butts and seats, man. Yeah. And that's all people care about. Uh, social media gives me a lot of anxiety. So I just like. <laughs> Are you not on social media that much? No, nah, man. I don't, I don't care that much. <laughs> I don't care about it either, but I do it because it's part of the business now. No, no, I'm, yeah, that's like the right way to go. You should be doing it. It's just, I don't know. Like I said, the content creation thing and popping things out there over and over and over again. Yeah, some of it is like the same jokes over and yeah. over, and it just gets like uh, monotonous in yeah, a way. A lot of monotony. Yeah. Some crazy thing. I don't know. What do you like more? Do you, uh, do you like uh, Facebook? Do you like Instagram, Twitter? What do you, what do you, what's your thing? I think I would like Twitter the most. Twitter, I like Twitter a lot. Yeah, uh, I'll go. I don't have a Twitter account, but I'll go and like see what people I, I know, like, or like uh, I've heard of, say on Twitter. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I'll like check out their Twitters every once in a while. Not a lot. Like, he's, there's a lot of drama on Twitter sometimes too. Like the Ari Shafir thing when he talked about Kobe. He got a lot of, like, flack for that. Yeah, what did he say? See, that's what I'm saying. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, well, he was like that. talking shit about the helicopter crash. Oh, okay. Yeah, and a lot of people were like, oh, this is in poor taste. And, like, 
I mean, Ari Shafir is very much in poor taste all the time. I don't know exactly. what that's who yeah. he is. That's who he, he's always been. He's always been that guy. That's kind of why I don't listen to him a lot. It's like, all right, well, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not going to stop him from saying it, but it's like I don't need to hear it all the time. You know what I'm saying? So did you hear that he uh, he drugged Burt Kreischer? He drugged Burt Kreischer? No, I think he put ecstasy in his drink while they were doing a podcast. And like mid-podcast, he was talking about it. He was like, man, I feel like, uh, am I on drugs or something? And then Ari Shafir's like, are you? And that's when it hit him. Boom. Like he just. He was what? Like, did, how did Bert take that? <laughs> he freaked the fuck out. Yeah, that's not cool. That, no, right? <laughs> like, if somebody drugged you, how would you feel? I mean, it depends. Like, I, if I was, if you drugged me before this podcast, I think I'd be pretty upset. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man. <laughs> would you? I don't know. Actually, would I really be upset? <laughs> it's free drugs. <laughs> it is free drugs. <laughs> But it depends. Did Bert really want that? <laughs> I don't think he wanted that. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel like if he, if there was a safe space, like if he would have told him, hey, we're going to take ecstasy before this, I think it would have been much, much better. That's a much better thing. Yeah. Dude, I was reading, listening to this podcast about Operation Midnight uh, uh, Midnight Climax. is a CIA thing uh-huh. where they were drugging people with LSD. And they drove many people insane because of it. Like, you don't give people LSD without telling them because they'll just think they're going insane. So there was a, one of those things with the CIA that they wanted to figure out if dolphins could talk. Yeah. So they, they had a chick that was, like, playing with a dolphin, interacting with it, and they gave the dolphin and the woman LSD just to see if it would work. It didn't work, but it was a crazy I thought they were giving experience. them ecstasy. Oh, they probably it was didn't. LSD. It was LSD, okay. yeah. Uh, so I can give dolphins ecstasy and we'll see what happens. There you go. Drug a dolphin. <laughs> Drug these dolphins. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't, but that's a crazy thing, too. Like, uh, there's always been those ex- experimental drugs and stuff like that. And I feel like I've done acid before. I've done it a couple times. And I've had a pretty good experience with the most part. Because somebody told me that if you're going to do a mind-altering drug like that, you have to be in the right mind space. And so basically it means you have to be positive. Because if you start going negative, then it, it gets you in this hole and you start just diving deep into that negativity. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if you can just like say be positive, though, because it's like, what if you're not like... I don't know. I think you just have to be like feeling good. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like you can't like make yourself be positive, right? Well, you can also like like maybe tell yourself because this is what I did. I was feeling I was feeling good for the most part when I was on shrooms, right? And then there was a point where I started feeling negative, and I, I remembered I was like my friend. Oh, my friend told me I can't. I need to be positive. I need to think happy thoughts. So I I was just like be happy, positive thoughts, this and that, and it went away. Okay. But I, I could feel like it was starting to turn a little bit. Okay. You know? See when that happened to me when I was on mushrooms, uh, it was like everything. I, I got it, like for but it was everything around me seemed like really kind of disgusting, uh, How? grainy and crawly is the way I would explain it. Okay. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, you could react one way to that where you're just like, Ugh, I don't like anything, and you're like sitting there and like disgusted by everything, and I, that could probably force you into a bad state of mind. And the way I dealt with it was, I was just like, well, I guess everything's disgusting now. <laughs> <laughs> you just accepted it Yeah, it was just acceptance of what was going on I mean, like, uh, I, I've never talked about this on the podcast before But the last time I did acid uh, I was working at uh, the club, right? And I was working like a 14, 15 hour shift Because it was uh, the comedy festival, Come and Take It Okay. And then that was the same night I saw Dave Chappelle 
So what happened was I was working the door. It was Saturday. It was almost 11 o'clock, maybe 1030 or whatever. And people were just leaving, right? Because it was the last show. Everybody's tired. They want to go home or whatever. Then I go outside to go smoke a cigarette. And I see this guy in, like, tattered clothes, like a raggedy shirt, raggedy pants, and a beanie. And in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, another homeless guy trying to ask for money or whatever, right? So he starts walking up closer and closer and closer. And the moment I see his face, I'm like, oh, shit, that's Dave Chappelle. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hello, Mr. Chappelle, do you need a cigarette? Do you want money? I'll I'll give you anything. And, like, uh, my managers and stuff were at the side door near the main room. And they were, like, calling him in. It's like, come over here. Come through the side door. Come over here. So then he goes to the back where the box is, right? And then once he gets inside the box, people just start whispering, like, oh, my God, this is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's here. Oh, my God, look over there. And I shit you not, 15 minutes later, the whole room was packed. It was almost empty, but then it just packed up. People were close. Like, it was before COVID, so people were, like, really close to each other, right? Okay. And... Uh, Mo Ammer goes on stage And if you know Mo Ammer He's always around Dave Chappelle Because he, he opens for him and stuff like that So he goes on stage He starts telling jokes Nobody's listening Nobody cares Because they know who's in the back Yeah Right So he sees that He does five minutes He's like okay I know what you guys came for Everybody give it up for the great The legend Dave Chappelle Whole room erupts It's like <sighs> Like you could feel the room shaking From outside and shit like that Right Then he goes on stage he to- He's telling jokes from the Bird Revelation Who's killing, murdering, and stuff like that. Then afterwards, uh, he goes back to the main room, and there was a huge uh, setup for like instruments and stuff like that because there used to be a, there was a comedy band yeah. earlier that night. So he gets on stage, the band is still there, they start playing, and like Chappelle starts doing uh, karaoke, and he starts singing "Killing Killing Me Softly" mm-hmm. by the Fugees, right? Yeah. While he was doing that, the lead singer from the band starts doing backup vocals, like Chappelle hears him. He sees him. He's like, shut the fuck up, man. Let me do my thing. <laughs> the dude gets scared and he puts the mic down. And he's like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then after that, he gets off stage. He goes back into the box, does another hour for like the people there, like comics and friends and stuff like that, talking yeah. about life and the business, how to make it and shit like that. And then uh, after we're closed, I'm cleaning up. I see this wrapped gummy on the ground, right? And in my head, I'm like, oh shit, that might be inedible. And I was like, I was working, so I was like, I got to be responsible with this. So I looked around, I pick it up, and I just throw it in my mouth, and I swallowed it really quick. I was just like, fuck it, I'm taking it. Because I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, shit, it's a weed edible. It's going to hit me in like an hour or two. I'm going to be feeling really good. Then after that, I can go to sleep because I've had a long day, right? Yeah. After that, I go home, I'm laying in my bed, and I can't go to sleep. I'm like awake now for some reason, right? I'm just like, god damn, why can't I go to sleep? Then I'm staring at the ceiling, and I start seeing like... Space. I see stars. I see planets. I see two planets colliding into one another and a huge explosion. And at that moment, I was like, I've done acid before. I was like, fuck, I'm high on acid right now. See, and that sounds like a cool way to get high on acid. Like After, you're, after you're being awake for 14, 15 hours, it was a terrible experience. Because once you take acid, you're usually awake for like 12 to 18 hours after that. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. So I was tired as fuck. And I was just like, damn, I don't want this right now. And while I was tripping out. Uh, my, I was living with my sister and her roommate was, uh, getting laid in the other room. Mm-hmm. So while I was tripping out, I could hear the moan and stuff. Like I'm just sitting in my, in my bed. I'm just like hearing, ah. oh, ah. and I'm like, this is the worst acid trip I have ever been in my life. <laughs> like, I was just freaking out. And I kept, kept trying to go to sleep, trying to go to sleep. 
like six hours later, I finally went to bed. Then I woke up like a couple hours later after that. And I could not remember who the fuck I was. Like I was tripping the hell out. I had to force myself to remember my birth, where I went to school. That's the crazy thing. I don't know if <laughs> I would ever like to go to sleep on acid. <laughs> I, I did not recommend it. No. No, I, I did not recommend it at all. It was a it was one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. But it's a great story. It's a, it's a it's a great story. But yeah, like I I feel like I had ego death because I could not remember who the hell I was for like the next like two hours. Okay. It tripped me the hell out, and I've never done acid after that. They, that's uh, in, uh, um, I took like three or four hits of acid. Yeah, it was a big gummy. I have amnesia. <laughs> Shit. What if you never forget remembered? That would be crazy, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was two years into comedy. And it kind of tripped me out because I was like, if I don't remember who I am, am I, am I still going to be the same comic on stage or the same person? So you knew you were a comic still. I was. I knew that was the one thing that I remembered because uh, he's like, I am a comedian. <laughs> no, because like uh, the one thing that tripped me out is while I was uh, trying to go to sleep, I could see a gate, and a gate popped up, and it said uh, "funny." The gate, the gate said "funny," and it just opened up. And I shit you not, after that, I started doing way better on stage. It was a crazy thing. That's crazy. You walked through the gates of funny, and you were now... Funny. Joe Esquivel, funny man. <laughs> yeah. After that, it just changed everything, and everything just clicked. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's a, it was a good and bad experience. It was bad because it was like I, I was going through a lot of stuff, but it was also good because I just figured out how to be funny right then and there. Right. I don't know. I think that ego death changed me. In a lot of ways. <laughs> you know what? Ego death, talking about it with another person, still annoying. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things. Maybe I'm just an asshole. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't give a fuck about your ego death. I mean, yeah, I am, <laughs> nah, from, nah. I am from Tennessee. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I don't know. Um, I was just doing a call back there. I don't want to disrespect or invalidate your fucking acid trip, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wanted to tell the whole story on stage, but I don't think it's going to translate well. Cause no, I, because I there's a lot bit. going on. You tell the story, and yeah. you get to the po- highlighted points, and it is funny. No, no, no. I, it's my closer now, and I, I do the main points only, and it hits hard. Mm-hmm. But I can't do the... Like, I have to be in the right setting to be able to tell the whole story. Okay. Because there's so much that goes into it. You know? Yeah. And I'm the type of comic now where if I'm in doing a story or if I'm telling jokes, I like to go in and out, in and out. I'll do the joke, then I'll talk to the people in the audience, and I'll joke with them, then I'll get back to the joke. In and out, in and out. Because I'm very ADD sometimes, and that kind of helps me like feel more comfortable on stage when I'm talking to people and I'm telling jokes. Talk, like Just make it seem more natural. Yeah. Like I'm, like I'm not even telling jokes. Like I'm just having a conversation. Yeah, I enjoy it everything much better when it sounds conversationally i could tell when it's working and when it's not it's uh it's if you manage to get that with the audience at an open mic it's nice oh yeah it's yeah. a great feeling uh it's i, I had no that uh, fucking open mics. Nobody, cares, man. <laughs> nobody cares it doesn't matter what, okay do you feel like uh houston audiences are hard to yeah make laugh I mean, harder than other audiences. Other audiences are very supportive compared to Houston audiences, and I respect the fuck out of that about Houston audiences. Because you've done comedy in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Have you done comedy in Ohio? No, I've never done comedy in Ohio. Okay, where else have you done comedy at? Um, I did New Orleans one time. New Orleans. So how does Houston compare to these other places? 
New Orleans is cool because it's a bunch of tourists. So if you're doing a mic in New Orleans, you're like, people are popping in and out of the bar all the time, and uh-huh. it's new. Like the crowd is always changing and always slightly interested and always drunk. So I mean, New Orleans is a cool place to do comedy. I think that seems fun. Yeah, that seems very fun. It's fun in Milwaukee. I just saw. Uh, you know, coming from Houston, I didn't realize they were going to be so supportive. The, the difference is, though, I, sh- I should have realized it more because, like, I had different jokes that were working in Houston that weren't working in Wisconsin, and the ones that weren't working in Houston were working in Wisconsin. You know, so there was, I could tell there was a difference there, like the way they reacted to certain jokes. I forget which ones they were. Okay, but, but uh, what do you feel was the difference? Because of uh, the environment? Because I think it was just the culture change. Culture change. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what, what, they're, what they're comfortable hearing not or not, like uh-huh. that's, that's the whole thing. Like, if you go to a certain part of the country, like, you might not be able to connect with an audience at all. <laughs> so I've done comedy in, uh, in Harlingen, South Texas. I've done it in Lubbock. I've done comedy in Austin. Uh, and for the most, oh, San Antonio, too. San Antonio was the most supportive for me okay lubbock was pretty cool too uh lubbock i liked it because the people were actually listening because it seemed like they didn't really have comedy that often over there that's cool so they were really enticed and they were listening and yeah and it's nice it. when you have like that's the same way that it was in like milwaukee they you have an audience that's sitting there and they're listening to the words you're saying so and that's sometimes not what you get in Houston, you know, because no. everybody's all leaned out <laughs> and for the most part it feels like uh when you're at an open mic like the audience is like, oh, you're funny. Tell me a joke. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. Tell me another one. Oh, you're funny. Well, I'm high on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, that too. Or I'm high on coke. I've been high. On, I mean, that's the you know, that's the whole Houston scene, right? It's like everybody's on cocaine. <laughs> that's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a big city. I know, but like, like everybody in the city of Houston is just on cocaine. On cocaine. You like listen to a UGK album? Come on, man. <laughs> uh, hey, you sipping syrup? Come on. Get on that lean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's uh, drugs or cocaine in the back of my ride. I got. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like drugs are a big thing in cities, big cities like this. Yeah. Like from what I've seen, I, everybody smokes weed here. Yep. E- everybody smokes weed. Oh, I mean, you can't you can't go to a mic or show anyone and be like, who smokes weed here? Yeah. Who's who's packing right now? Everybody's like raising their hands. Yeah, hand it's and like, shit. come on, man. Um, everybody's smoking weed now. This yeah. is twenty twenty one. We needed to get by. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like, uh, I've done cocaine. It's kind of fun sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, but it can be. I I, I could see it becoming a problem for a lot of people. I think I'd love cocaine a lot, but I'm not going to do it. Don't do, do <laughs> yeah. that. Hey, it's amazing. You should never do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, I the the one time was not. This was a, this is. I feel like the exact mimicking of cocaine is. I ate an edible. I got really drunk. I killed at a mic, and I rode back home on a motorcycle. And then when I got home, I danced to like some kind of mixtape that thing that I had playing for about three hours because I was so hyped still. And yeah, I think I love cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I love ecstasy. I mean, that's great. <laughs> I mean, I've never done ecstasy. That's cool. I've done uh, mushrooms. I've done acid. I've done what else? I've done some pills here and there, like Xanax. It's never done ecstasy. Never been. Oh, this is a crazy thing. So, 
when I was working at Secret, there was this one night where they had this like a uh, gay club. It turned into a gay club after two a.m. Okay. For some reason, somebody rented out the place after two a.m. and all these like gay dudes, like shirtless guys that were really buff and like tiny shorts and like hot pants and stuff like that, just walking in the place and they were dancing in the main room. Like it was a whole party, right? They were drinking nothing but Gatorade and water. <laughs> and they were high on ecstasy. Oh, nice! Yeah, they were, they were, it's very responsible. Whenever I'm on ecstasy, uh, I haven't done like you, know, hey, you need your electrolytes. Um, you I'm usually drinking vodka as well. <laughs> and I'm I'm told that's not the way to go about it. No, because like, but uh, I just like my rule is I'm not going to pop another ecstasy. That's I think that's the key to ecstasy. Just do the one ecstasy. Don't do like more, or else you're going to like have severe depression <laughs> well the crazy thing about it was like they were all like dancing and stuff and uh <laughs> some of them were like going down on each other in the dance floor and stuff like that it was some crazy shit and i was high i was drink i was really drunk i had like two mushroom capsules i had some other pills and stuff like that and i was just gone and I was just in there, and I couldn't. I don't remember what happened, but I know it was a crazy <laughs> night. I don't. I blocked and, a lot of that out of my memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about what happened. It was, night. it was a crazy <laughs> night, and then what I heard afterwards is there was a lot of cum in the men's bathroom. A lot of blood and cum. Blood and cum. Yeah. That's all there was. <laughs> Tons of blood and cum, and I had to go clean that shit up. <laughs> It was a night that I will not forget. So if you're ever like high on ecstasy at 2 a.m., just remember to drink Gatorade. Drinking Gatorade. I don't know. Vodka's pretty good. Well, you can't drink at a bar at 2 a.m. because of the law. <sighs> fuck the law. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the law. Fuck Anne Rand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was a crazy thing. Like, have you ever had any ex- crazy drug experiences? Mm. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's all been very good, right? Like, always just having like a good time. You know, the worst things is like when you almost get arrested or something like that. That's like the worst, but uh, that doesn't happen a lot. Have you almost been arrested? Uh, I've like talked my way out of like, you know, emptying out my entirety of my pockets. <laughs> What do you mean? I don't know. There's one time we were like, uh, we'd gone, stopped this truck, stopped the smoke or whatever. And, because uh, my friend, was, we were on the way to Youngstown, Ohio to meet a friend of ours that we haven't seen in a long time who ended up flaking out on us. But when we were going, my friend used to own, like his parents used to own this truck stop. And he's like, all right, let's go over here and, like, you know, smoke some weed and I'll show you this truck stop. So we stop in there and then, like, we're rolling up the blunt and, uh, then the cops come in here there and they start asking us questions and I had the weed in my pocket uh, and the cop patted me down and he's like is that your smokes and I'm like yeah that's my smokes and they didn't ask any more questions after that they found the guts in the car but like they didn't really press us oh like tobacco guts yeah ah. I mean you do look white so it sounds kind of like privilege right there I mean, I was with another two white dudes, so yeah. that probably helped out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the owner of the truck stops, dad, like his dad, that owned the truck stop previously, Jay, he uh, he is Indian. Ah. Yes. We were able to talk a way out of it. I don't know. It's a pretty boring story if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cool story. You got away with it. You got away with it. I don't know. I yeah. try not to. I try not to associate with the cops. 
I think that's if you're doing drugs or if you have any on you, I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to be like super fucked up and just go, hey, you want to smoke some of this? I mean, there's such unpleasant people to be around. Very, cops? Yeah, very viscous. I've I was, I was, I met some cool cops before. Not not a lot, though, just a couple. No, nah, I mean, I'm, I've uh, talked to cops from Rosenberg. Like at bars here in Houston, like I've met these two, like these two cops in, from Rosenberg that are hanging out. They're young guys, and they're hanging out in Houston. And you know, it does. You don't want to say too much around them still, but they really don't give a fuck because they're not Houston cops. Ah, yeah. So, but if I'm in Rosenberg, no, I don't want. I don't trust those motherfuckers. <laughs> it's out of their jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. It's I'm, interesting. Sometimes you meet some cops that like disagree with the way people are police things and stuff like that. But at the same time, when they disagree, they also still agree to a certain extent. You know, they also still might rough a person up. I don't know. I'm just gonna talk shit about police. On this. <laughs> now fuck the police. <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> putting targets on my back. <laughs> Because everybody listens to Joe Jescovel. Oh, yeah, everybody's listening to this. I'm telling you, you're going to get some DMs when I post this. Yeah. It's just like, we're coming after you. Where do you live? That's a frightening thing. <laughs> well, hey, hopefully you'll get some free ecstasy out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's a positive outcome. I like the way you're thinking, Joe. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, doing comedy... And if you do well on stage, after you get off, people usually buy you drinks or give you free drugs and stuff like free that. Free drugs are the, one of the perks of the comedy scene. That's uh, really is. I like it. It's great. But I, I, I can see how hard it is. It could be for somebody that's sober. Somebody, yeah, that, somebody that, that, that would suck to be like a person that's doing comedy and... Shouldn't be around drugs. <laughs> or doesn't want to be around it because yeah. they know how they are. Like, I, I, no, I mean, it's it's just like another like they're it's on them to like make sure that they stay. You know, <laughs> the the ones that I've met are usually pretty good about it. I've never really seen anybody relapse. Have you? Uh, no, not as a recent. No, I haven't seen that, anybody relapse. Yeah. No, I've seen maybe some, I have. I don't I've know. seen some guys who are like, yeah, I'm no longer doing coke or I quit and this and that, and then a couple months later you see them back on it. But I don't know if that counts as a relapse. Uh, they, they didn't say that they were going totally sober. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they just said they were going to stop doing coke because they're still so drinking and smoking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a, a total relapse would be when you cut out everything. Yeah, when you made like a full commitment, I guess, to like yeah. sobriety. Yeah, when you take the first step. The first step. <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is an invention. Yeah. Look. This is the real reason why I wanted you on this podcast. <laughs> I saw that bottle of Jameson in your pocket. I know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like when I when I was in my big drinking days, I used to do that. I used to have a bottle and stuff over there, a flask or whatever, and just have like shots in between, just to get through the day. It's my day off after work tomorrow, uh, so I need to be drunk. <laughs> are, are, you, are you a big drinking guy? Are you a fan of drinking? I am a fan of drinking. Um, very big fan of drinking. Have you had any like crazy drinking stories? <sighs> oh man! All right, I've given out very bad advice while I was drunk. Like what? Uh so 
It was a night in Wisconsin. Fuck, dude. I shouldn't say this on the podcast. You need to cut this out. <laughs> really? But I'm going to tell you the story. Okay. Maybe we won't cut it out. If I tell it well enough. If it's a good story, yeah. If you, just, if you don't, like, incriminate yourself or anybody oh, else. Oh, no, it's very incriminating. <laughs> well, just use different names. Uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Why? Uh, statue of limitations? No. What, what? No, I didn't do anything wrong. I just gave very bad advice. That, that was my wrong. Well, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, then. It's just a, a, advice. I feel bad about the bad advice. <laughs> what was the bad advice? Just tell me. All right, so I'm hammered, man. Uh, I'd gone out, and so had my friend, my roommate. Uh, and he also got hammered. No, this is all on his fault. He was driving around. Sheboygan, Wisconsin, drunk. Okay, putting the fault on him. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was and also calling me, asking me for advice, and then so uh, he was, this is kind of legally wrong too. Right. Well, don't say don't say the names and don't say the city. Just say like your friend called you, and he called you for advice. What was the advice you gave him? So my friend called me, and he was like, "Dude, I uh, I just crashed my car into a parked car." <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I'm really, really drunk. What, I, what do I fucking do? And my advice to him was, I was like, and I was insanely drunk at the time. I should not be giving out any advice. And I said, you need to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Is that what he did? He I had to pick him up from the um, jail afterwards. <laughs> did he get uh, yeah. charged for like evading... The scene, the crime scene. I'm not sure what he got charged with. Oh, that's because he never actually got out of the crime scene because his car didn't work. Oh so. <laughs> man. That's so I don't wild. think I don't think that you need to get the fuck out. Of there. You need to get the fuck out. That's like my. It's like get the fuck out of there. Don't talk to the cops. That's always my advice, and it's not necessarily always great ones. Just don't talk to the cops. Is a good lawyer advice that people give you. They say never talk to the cops, but uh. I think that's good advice. Just like if some if a cop asks you what's going on, just. Call my lawyer. 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 Just call my lawyer. I mean, he fucked up his car. If he would have got it out, and, like, they would have been looking for him, and they would have found his car, and then they would have came to our house, and that wouldn't have been cool. Uh, but, yeah, man. Feel really bad about that advice. I went Obviously, around. he didn't do it. Yeah, I know. He didn't listen to you, so, like, you could feel bad about I it. Think but he, well, I think he tried to listen to me, and the car just didn't work. So? <laughs> Well, it didn't happen. He didn't run away. He yeah. didn't run away. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the cops found him passed out in his car. Uh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Have you ever been passed out in your car? No. Um, I'm pretty lucid drunk. Lucid drunk. Yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm pretty, uh, what's what? it called? I, 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 I don't, like, forget. I've only blacked out, like, one time. And the scary part about that was, like, I just can't remember how I got home. I know I was driving at one point, and then I was home the next that was the only time, though. And I... Dog, like, when, when I was drinking hard, I blacked out a couple times while driving. And I, one time I woke up, like, you know, so I was at a bar, drinking with some friends, having a good time. Then I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. It was like 2 a.m., right? So I started driving, and I'm looking at the, the streetlights, and it, it's green. And then I'm driving, and I close my eyes, and the next moment I wake up, and I see sunlight hitting my face, right? Oh, shit. And I'm... I'm parked on the side of the road somewhere and i'm like what the fuck where am i and i'm still kind of drunk right and then i hear like somebody knocking on my window and i'm like what the fuck and it's this older hispanic dude he's like in his 50s or whatever and i try to start my car and the battery's dead right so i open the door he's like hey man are you all right and the only thing that could come out of my mouth was like battery battery 
So I get my cables. He has his truck right in front of mine. We start uh, charging my battery, right? We start talking. And he was just like, hey, man, what's wrong? Are you, are you okay? Did you have a crazy night? I was like, yeah, you know, it was one of those nights. You know, I just had a, a couple of drinks with my friends, and I think I went too hard. And he was like, oh, okay, that's happened to me before. That happened to me one time in the 80s. And I was like, what? <laughs> I remember 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God damn, okay, how old are you? And then after that, we started talking. He was like, oh, yeah, I've been watching you for the past, like, three hours. <laughs> You've been out here the whole time. I was like, bullshit, you haven't been watching me. What the hell? So then after that, my car finally starts. He gets back in his truck, and he drives, like, 15 feet right in front of me into a house that's right there across the street. And then that's when I realized, I was like, oh, shit, he was watching me the whole time. It freaked me the hell out. And, yeah, it was I, crazy. I've seen where a cop was following me early in the morning, and then I'd seen somebody just passed out in their car at the light, and then the cop went to go deal with that situation <laughs> instead of fault keeping on following Oh, you me. got lucky. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. That was another time where I was, like, uh, hanging out with one of my friends, and we were getting, like, wine drunk, and we finished, like, two bottles. And then after that, I knew I was really messed up, but I still wanted to drive home. So he was just like, are you okay? You can stay. You can stay here. You know that, right? You can sleep on my couch. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go home. I'm, I live, like, 15 minutes from here. I'm fine. So I start driving. I black out. Wake up. Sunlight again. But at, at this time, it felt like I was a character in GTA in GTA 5, when you switch characters and the whole world just comes down and then you become that character. When I woke up, it was like, I got activated. I was like, oh, shit. And I just, I don't know. I felt like when I was blacked out, I felt like there was somebody in my car, like reaching around and stuff like that. And then when I woke up, I checked my pockets. My phone was there. My wallet was there and everything was there. And I was like, okay, cool. And the car was locked. So I was like, okay, I'm fine. And I just drove home after that. All right. And But I was on the side of some railroad tracks and that freaked me the hell out that's like some like wire mcnulty shit <laughs> getting drunk and passing out by the railroad tracks oh my god <laughs> it was a crazy shit that's happened to me yeah that's those are the two times where i blacked out the other times after that if i blacked out i would always wake up in my parking space and just be be home and stuff like that but yeah i, I stopped drinking and driving after that <laughs> It's a good move. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't drink a drive, Joe. <laughs> Leave that to the professionals. Man, I used to be a great drunk driver, but with age and everything, it's just it's gotten worse. I used to be really good at it. Uh, I used to be really good. Really good. Yeah, Man, yeah. I used to be I was number one drunk driver in the state. Oh, yeah. I, I can swear with the best of them. <laughs> Yo, Texas does have a lot of drunk drivers, so like that's why I'm not worried. It's like statistically, I'm probably less drunk than a lot of people in Texas sometimes. I mean, in Wisconsin, they have that three strikes and you're out rule, right? What do you mean? Like if you get drunk three times, you're out. No, there's many people on many DUIs up in that place. I mean, they're getting your first DUI in Wisconsin is like a rite of passage. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where my friend became a real Wisconsinite. <laughs> That's crazy. I've never got on a DUI. No. DWI, DUI, none of that. None of that. Never been to jail. Yeah, me neither. That's great. <laughs> How do we evade it? <laughs> it's crazy because like, you hear stories of other people and they're just like, one bad night, they're in jail and all this stuff happens. You know? It's like some people just get lucky sometimes. 
I don't know. I feel so much lucky is that, you know, I didn't get drunk and then start, like, peeing on somebody's car. Like I've done that before. Yeah, I mean, I have, actually. I'm not going <laughs> to You just didn't I get guess, caught. Yeah, That's I'm, it. I'm just incredibly lucky that I didn't get caught peeing on that car. Yeah. Know. People do that shit all the time. Yeah. What I've learned is I've, you pee on your own car, and you'll be good. I pee on my own car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've never been like on a long road trip and you got to go to the bathroom, but the rest stop is like miles away, so you just pull over? No, no, I have, but I haven't like peed on my car. <laughs> That's a rite of passage. Fuck, man. It's been a good good time. It's been a minute. Been, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you got me. Damn, I was yeah, about to say it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I think it's a good stopping point. Like, uh, is I think so. We might. You might have to edit out that. Uh, that everything. Story. I gotta edit out everything. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, where can they find you? What? Where can they find you? Like your social you media. Find me in the streets, Jay Marassi. <laughs> drinking and driving. Drinking and driving with a <laughs> bottle of Jameson in my hand. <laughs> High on ecstasy. High on ecstasy and edibles. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can find me around doing comedy. Uh, uh, I should post shows on my Facebook. It's Jay Marassi on the Facebook. I'm going to get an Instagram sometime. Maybe I'll start tweeting some things. Uh, I'm a TikTok, and I don't know. <laughs> You're on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I'm just shouting things out that I'm not doing yet. Um, catch me on 4chan. <laughs> I don't know, man. Fuck the internet. <laughs> fuck Ayn Rand. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the police. What do you fuck? <laughs> fuck that angry guy at work. Just right. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. Uh, you know, you guys know where to catch me. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, the Jocosity, Facebook, Joe Esquivel, and uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Been Peace. A minute. Later. <laughs>